In this episode of The Picture of Wealth, Dustin sits down with renowned yoga instructor Shauna Nairos to talk about finding your joy. Like, what is your currency? Like, what does bring you joy? What the practice means to her. Practice calls us to actually become more present with how we're arriving. And the importance of taking action on your goals. Like, we just assume that things will never work um, without even trying, right? So tune in for all this and more and start living more of your life now. I am excited to sit down today with Shauna Nairos, co-owner of Okanagan Yoga Retreats and the director of brand and communication at the Kelowna General Hospital Foundation. And I would say, Shauna, that is a uh, kind of sweet and spicy or a little bit of corporate and a little bit of spiritual in uh, in, in those job titles. But uh, I'm planning on uh, sort of laying down my armor today if, if you are and getting into sort of you know, your journey of, of happiness and, you know, again, the yoga is something that we are super passionate about in our, our planning practice and, and overall health and wellness for people. So op- open me up with, when I Googled your name, uh, your, one of your pictures on your website is you doing a handstand or a kind of elbow. Get me to that place so this afternoon I could do that. How, oh. how, do, how do I practice to get there? Well, uh, I think the first part of, uh, of being able to accomplish something like that is to have an open mind and to believe that you can actually accomplish that. Um, I have a very um, dedicated uh, following of yogis that come to my classes and come on retreats. And I think one of the things that they appreciate is that there's nothing that's kind of like off the table. So um, basically, you know, I like to say if, if, if you believe it, then it's going to, it can happen. Um, you know, we often use that euphemism in yoga. Um, you're stronger than you think you are, right? right. Um, but I actually believe that you're only as strong as you think you are. So it's kind of like this kind of two-way thing. It's like, if you, if you believe that it's possible, that's the first step. And um, from there, it's basically stretching your hamstrings and, you know, strengthening your core and, uh, you know. But those are the breathing. building blocks to, to get there. So we, yeah. it, is, there a hardest yo- is there a hardest move in yoga? Well, it really depends on the person. That's why yoga is so awesome is because it's, it's completely personal. So like for me, a handstand or like a forearm stand is not hard because I have strong shoulders and I have a strong core, but like some of the crazy, like, you know, you, you see those beautiful Zen yogis in the Lotus position, right? So like their legs, their feet are kind of folded in on their hips and they're just sort of sitting there like, uh. that okay. to me is like, I, I sweat and get heart palpitations just looking at it because my hips are so tight. Mm. So it really just depends on your body and what you're showing up to the rodeo with. <laughs> And so only because I'm, I'm kind of down on this tangent, uh, it, the respect in the yoga community, and again, you've got, you know, I think over 2,500 or nearly 3,000 hours of, of teaching your, uh, you know, experienced yoga teacher. Are you still a Lululemon legacy ambassador? Is that still? Yeah, apparently I get to have that for life. Ah, awesome. So <laughs> you, you definitely know your way around yoga and, and yoga is a, is a fascinating thing to, to me anyway, but it's, is there like a status symbol for yoga or is everyone truly like, oh, we're all equal? Or is there like certain people that like when they get into class, they're focused and they're competing? Does that happen? 
Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so like we always say, you know, the way you are off the mat is the way you are on the mat. But the awesome part about yoga is that um, a lot of people think that yoga is just like, you know, stretching and breathing and listening to pan flutes. But it's actually way more than that. So you might arrive on your mat and be like that type A, super competitive personality. Um, or you might arrive on your mat and be like that one, that person that always chooses the far back corner of the room. And you're like, hey, don't look at me. And I'm not here. I'm just going to be you know, doing my own thing. And so yoga really actually the practice beyond the physical part the, the practice calls us to actually become more present with how we're arriving. So like all of those things, like, uh, yes, I, here's these labels that we've created in our society. I'm a type A. I'm, I am a type A. I'm super competitive. But what yoga has helped me um, discover is that um, I can, I don't have to be anything. Uh, I don't have to like uh, be held or bound by these labels and that I can explore that competitive side of myself and maybe let it go a little bit and just really enjoy the moment. And so that's really what yoga is asking us to do. The very first yoga sutra calls us to the present moment. And in that, you know, I I love what you say about, you know, your brand and, and, and so much of it is about cultivating or the path to happiness and freedom, right? And that's what you can find when you when you arrive in a moment. I know I'm sort of getting a little bit like no, no, get into the weeds. Philosophical here, <laughs> but when you arrive in that present moment and you can sort of just watch yourself, right? Yep. That is the path to freedom because as much as competitiveness and type A-ness or even sort of being that quiet or shy or you know don't don't look at me don't see me person as much as as those things can benefit us um in certain aspects of our life they can also cause us suffering right Mm -hmm. so being able to be um present with that and say okay well i do have this bias towards this part of my nature um but can I soften that or can I let go of that even just a little bit? With, it's a with, practice, man. I tell you, I even get sucked into it. You know, I'll go to a new yoga studio and there'll be people, you know, at the beginning of class. And I usually pick kind of like harder right. physical practices okay. and they'll be like doing their handstands and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I should probably do that too. Like, Hold a little longer. Right. So, so as an instructor and someone who knows, uh, again, I have been to one of your, uh, you know, sessions a long, long time ago. But I know a number of people who have been uh, advocates of yours for a long time, and you always seem to know what to say at the start. And yeah. that's one thing that I really respect about yoga instructors uh, that they're able to. Where does that inspiration come from, and what to say? I, I don't think you say the same thing every time, but it's you know just those two or three sentences recalibrate everyone's brain. Is that, do you look up stuff before the class? Do you read books? Where does that come from? Yeah, well, um, we're in my office and I, I have a lot of books. So yes, I do read a lot of books. 
Um, but that's just because I'm a reader. I also, um, I'm a householder. I'm a mom. I have two teenage kids who provide lots of fodder for interesting storytelling. Um, <laughs> I'm a wife. I wear many hats uh, outside of just being a yoga teacher. So I think part of what I'm trying to accomplish in those first few minutes of class is to really bring myself to the same place that everybody else is arriving at. And that is, is that we're just all humans trying to, you know, be walking around in a body and like do the best we can. And so sometimes I think that there's this notion that yoga culture, let's say, has this like holier than thou, or, you know, I'm enlightened or whatever. And I just draw from experiences in my life. Maybe it's something I read in a book that inspired me, or even just, you know, I talk a lot about my kids, although now that they're teenagers, I have to be a little more careful. Um, But really it's to, to help ground some of that more philosophical stuff in real life. And um, when I was a new yoga teacher, I would kind of plan and think about what I wanted to say, but I've been doing it for a while now. And I also have over the years developed like this confidence and this trust in, it's like, it's like you say, you know, storytelling is like at the heart of everything, right? So, um, that's what connects us as, as humans. And, um, and I think that that's, that's it. We just, we, I just start with a story and I'll usually just kind of sit in the room and wait for the download, (laughs) you know, like, um, but that takes a certain level of experience and confidence to be able to be like, okay, you know, I can go in and not have prepared notes, um, and trust that whatever is meant to come out will come up. And I, and I do trust that now, but it took a little bit. And you, so again, knowing uh, a little bit of the story, and I think it's it's uh, it's important for a lot of listeners because it's something they may be sort of living right now. Is you were corporate, so you were corporate, sort of, uh, and it's uh, a communications manager. Is that what it was way back? Marketing, yeah. Okay, so marketing, marketing and advertising, yeah. Then yeah. it was you know, kind of like pivot to yoga and sort of get mm-hmm. that injection, and now you sort of have found. Uh, you know, branded communication with the KGH Foundation, not for profit. You know, so you've kind of had this sort of ebb and flow. Like, is this when you were the hard charging marketing person at the <laughs> was it radio or newspaper? I can't remember. Newspaper. Newspaper. Is this where you thought you'd be? Uh, I hoped I would be here. You know, you kind of hope when you invest, you know, I went to university, I got an undergrad in communications, I worked for, you know, a decade in newspapers, and then in in the agency world. So you sort of hope that like, all of that isn't for nothing. You know, back then, what though the here is, is it the best? Like, what is here? You know, hope you get here. What is here? Yeah, here for me, here is doing meaningful work work that has an impact in our community back, you know, so I happen to, you know, be part of an industry that um, can be extremely thankless and quite superficial. Um, And I think, and and there's also very like tons of great things about being in marketing and and advertising. But for me, uh, you know, as soon as, as soon as I had my first child, I just kind of started to question everything, you know, as we often do with big life changes 
And I was just like, really? Like, is this why I was put on the planet was to like, like talk about widgets and why they're so awesome and why people should buy them, even though I know they probably don't need them or already have enough widgets. Right. I just got to that point where I just felt super disenchanted with everything. It felt like it had no meaning. I, it didn't bring me joy at all. Um, I mean, but I was handcuffed. Like, you know, I worked at the time uh, that I decided to kind of just, you know, depart from the big corporate world. I was working at the Vancouver Sun and Province, which back in the day, yeah. for some of your younger <laughs> listeners, was a big deal. <laughs> um, it was a union job. I made six figures just to get out of bed in the morning and I was barely 30. It's hard to leave that, right? Uh, but, you know, for me, it was it was kind of like, is this it? Is this it? Really? Um, so yeah, so I, I kind of hoped back then that maybe I would find my way, but it took leaving the business and leaving the industry. And um, I, you know, I don't recommend that everybody just quit their jobs and you know go to a yoga teacher training in Bali. Um, although a lot of people do that, you know, it gets to that point where they're like, I'm just done. Yeah. Um, but I will say that um, I found clarity and purpose through my practice of yoga and taking that step back so that when I did, when this opportunity to join the KGH foundation did come up, I, I totally knew in every single cell of my being that this is my path. It allowed me to draw on all of those amazing skills that I had cultivated for, you know, almost two decades in the industry. And then like, I always like to say, use my superpowers for good. That's important to me, yeah. you know, um, and, and whatever your currency is, it doesn't matter. I think that it's important though, for your audience, if, you know, if they're contemplating these bigger things to recognize is like, what is your currency? Like, what does bring you joy? Are you a people person and you're stuck behind a desk? You know, like these are some of the questions. It doesn't necessarily having to be like, oh, I have to change the world. Um, go work for Habitat for Humanity or whatever. It could literally just be that, that shift or like, like I love people yeah. and, I'm not in, and I'm not engaging with them or interacting. So, you know, that was kind of, I, I'm grateful I am here. Um, and I, I really believe that I've learned through yoga and through some of these other um, life balance choices that I've made that, um, that you can have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> how, how do you, and, and, uh, Knowing so, you have a uh, I think a, a teenager and uh, a nearly teenager. I have two um, teenagers. They're okay. both teenagers. Oh. So, uh, how do you balance being mom, uh, being wife to a very successful you know person, and you know still you know maintaining that balance of you know, hard charge. I believe that's in your DNA. Everything I've known you to do, you've done it very well and, and, and done it, uh, excelling. So, you know, I, I don't know deep down what you're mm -hmm. like as a mom, but I assume that it, you do, uh, your best job as well. Oh, I'm so excellent. How, <laughs> yeah, of course. So how do you find that balance? And then how do you still maintain, I won't say identity, but maintain that while supporting Darcy in mm -hmm. his venture. Do you see mm -hmm. where I'm kind of going with that? Yeah, totally. Um, 
Well, uh, here's the thing about balance. That's why yoga is such a wonderful metaphor for everything in life. Yeah. So if you imagine in a tree pose, so for people that aren't familiar with tree pose, you're basically standing on one leg. You have the other leg sort of tucked up somewhere on the on the standing leg, and you have to balance on one leg. And then usually you like lift your arms up. And sometimes if you're you know feeling super adventurous, you look up. So these are all um, ways that we sort of challenge our balance. And in tree pose, what you notice if you're paying attention, which most people are, is that you're constantly moving. Actually, like you're not just being still in the balance, like you're having to move and adjust and shift your weight and that your foot's kind of like going back and forth. Uh, and I think that's how I do it. I, I actually feel like in my life, I'm constantly adjusting and shifting and moving and that's not working for me anymore. Uh, I need to let that go. I need to take on more of this there. It's hard not to get distracted when you um, are a parent and you have a career that you're passionate about. Um, it's hard not to like just get kind of in, involved in the day to day and forget what your priorities are. So I have to like pull myself in, right? You know, and I know I, I my priorities are my children and my marriage. You know, and so if those things suffer as a result of my other work then I have to make changes. And I have made changes. Um, I don't teach in the studio as much. I teach one class a week. I'd love to teach more. I love it. It's my passion. But I I, I can't uh, be there for my kids and my husband if I'm too busy doing that. Um, same with retreats. I, you know, I just, I can't do as many as I would love to do. I mean, there's a market for it. My goodness, they I release them and they sell out in like five minutes, I, you know. It's a good little business for somebody. <laughs> but uh, yeah, honestly, Dustin, I think that's it. It's like, I really have to be, again, present. How am I feeling? Am I feeling heavy or anxious or not free and not happy? And if that's the case, um, what do I need to recalibrate in order to come back to a place that... You know, I can be standing in the full expression of my tree pose and know that I'm not going to fall over. What, uh, at one of those retreats, is there any standout moment stories? Because again, and for, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a yoga retreat. You go away to a, is it a remote place or you're staying off. Yeah. You know, you're not just going to a yoga studio for a, a class. It's multiple classes over a couple of days. A lot of great connections made, a lot of great energy. Uh, you have a you know a lesson that you learned from a a a, a client mm. at one of those yoga retreats on on sort of the topic we're talking about about happiness or a breakthrough moment where the retreat just pushed them over the edge of you know they came to your classes or they went to the retreat and all of a sudden you know cuz I'm a people person I work with people all the time as well and nothing beats that person could tell you at the end of the meeting, no, I'm not buying anything in my world. <laughs> but we may have had a major breakthrough and that just made my whole week. So yeah. is, does that happen for you? Or is there a specific story that you can think of that uh, made a major impact in sort of the way you view your existence? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what, that's kind of like why people go on retreat on some level, they're searching for something or they're looking for answers, um, seeking, uh, or they just need to kind of get away from the complicatedness of their life and, uh, simplify, uh, for a few days. So, um, there's so many stories, honestly. Um, but one of them that is probably pretty dear and close to my heart is actually my sister-in-law who, um, runs her own business. She's a mom. She, and she, I brought her into the business actually a couple of years ago to help me manage it. Cause I just didn't have the talking about capacity. Right. I just, I knew that I needed somebody to, you know, take all the money and organize the food and like all the logistics. I just wanted to show up and like, do my thing. Tree pose. <laughs> yeah, tree pose. <laughs> yeah. And so she came. She came on retreat, uh, being like a non. She called herself non yogi. Like she didn't. She's <laughs> like I'm the. I like the laying down at the end part. Like that's my <laughs> yeah. jam. I'm not into this tree and all the standing on my hands. She's oh. a chauvinist. Is that? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, part of what we do on retreat is I always have a theme. Everything is all very much connected. And, um, what she did is she, she came on retreat, but, and she listened, she didn't do the hamstrings, um, but she listened. And then we do, a, an integrative study, which is basically, um, an opportunity for guests to sit with each other, with me, and we have a talk, uh, or we do an exercise based on the theme. And my sister-in-law, um, had a major breakthrough. Uh, during one of those talks, she realized that she had um, been moving through her life on autopilot. She had been dealing with some health issues that she'd kind of always dealt with in the same way. And um, it through the course of sharing stories with others and just being away, you know, in the fresh mountain air um, and being asked to think about some of these bigger things, she realized that she needed to change her life. <laughs> wow. So she came home. Oh. My, my brother-in-law was like, what the heck did you do? <laughs> and she quit her job and she started uh, over. She started her own business a few months later. And now she owns a very successful recruiting company here in Kelowna. And she did that. Like she made that happen. And I'm really proud of her because in as much as like, I think I can facilitate, um, you know, this, this path for people, you, I can't do the work. People have to do it themselves. And so, um, I was really proud of her for, for, you know, coming with an open mind and listening and stepping onto the path and then doing the work. Uh, so, and that kind of thing happens all the time. People are inspired to come on retreat. I always say you're here for a reason. So pay attention. And then I received lots of little notes of uh, love and gratitude. Well, I, think, I think what you said was, was uh, she just took action. I, I find yeah. a lot of clients and I hear it in meetings where when this happens, I'll do. Or when I get two more staff, I'll do. Or when mm-hmm. you know I get this much money, I'll do this. But the reality is having that sort of belief that it's just going to work out and you know, again, not to get super, you know, universe, but uh, putting it out to the universe and intent, in, in, intentional about what you're doing. And so you're a big uh, 
advocate of not sort of living in the, you know, self-limiting thoughts or limiting belief mindset. No. And, you know, going back to your sister-in-law, it, it, you know, or for any other people, what do you think was that, that the trigger? Like, mm-hmm. what is the trigger? Is it like, what do you, what do you witness when you're the instructor or do you yeah. witness it? So, um, I believe the exercise that we were doing, um, was kind of just what you're speaking about. Um, an exercise around manifestation and intention. And these are words that we typically use actually, you know, because yoga has become so popular or these kinds of practices have become popular. We just sort of use these words like manifest your best life or set an intention <laughs> to you know, do this or that. Right. But we don't actually like deconstruct those things. And I'm a very practical person. Like as much as I like, you know, the, the woo woo philosophical part of yoga, I'm also very practical. Like how, how you actually make this work. And so what we were doing, a lot of times we know what we don't want. We're like, that's not for me. I don't like that, you know, whatever, but we really don't spend enough time being specific about what we do want imagine this is really a big part of your work is like sit down and like, what, what is your dream? You know, like wh- whether it be financially abundance wise, people don't have the bandwidth or the time to even make the questions themselves. I think is, the I problem. know. And so. that's why when they go on retreat and I say, okay, guys, uh, let's sit down. You have the time. You made the time. We're going to do this. I want you to locate in an area of your life that could be anything from finances to career to health to relationship with spouse, relationship with children. Locate an area of your life where you know you're not feeling aligned. You know something's up. We all know. We all know. We like to tuck it away in a back cupboard, but we all know when something's (laughs) not feeling aligned. So I don't want to know what the problem is. But I want you to sit down and get very clear about what is your what do you want? If if you were to map out your dream for financial independence, what does it look like? And you know, just being like, oh, I want to be a millionaire isn't sufficient. Like, how does it make you how do you feel in your life? How do you know when you've when you've gotten there? What's what at what point is it enough? Right? So all of these questions. And the only caveat is that like you can't base any of it on somebody else doing something right mm-hmm. so it's like all gotta be like this is my dream and like i always say go big you know i manifested you can't really say it but i manifested this house Darcy and i built this house a few years ago four years ago and i met i dreamed it i wrote it down i was like it's gonna feel like this and i'm gonna be able to do this in it and like really specific mm-hmm. and so then the next part of that process is to look at that dream and really get honest with why it's not happening. Right. And just write it all down. Why is this not happening in my life? I did my dream, my dream. I, one of my manifestations was around romance with my husband. Okay. Okay. So we've been married a long time. Right. And you know how it goes. Like when you've been in relationship with someone for a long time, sometimes things go by the wayside. And one of the things that I was wanting to kind of like, bring back was the sense of romance. So I did my dream romance basically with my husband and I wrote it down and this is what really like, and it literally was like walks on the beach and talking about our future stuff like that. And, um, and then I wrote, and then the next part was like, why is it not happening? And it literally just dawned on me. It's like, 
I wasn't even trying. Like yeah. I, I wanted all these things, but I was waiting for him to do it. Yeah. And I wasn't even trying. So that was, so that's how you take a manifestation is like, put it out to the universe. That's how you drill it back. Why isn't it happening? Well, I'm not trying. So how can I take that negative statement? I'm not trying and make it an intention. I will do this. I will tell my husband every single day that I love him. At some point, every single day, I will show small tokens of affection. You know, just these little tiny things to show I'm I'm trying. It's amazing what happens when you actually come to the party. Um, <laughs> usually the person that you're hoping to party with is like, hey, well, this is all right. Yeah. I can do that too. <laughs> Did so, you have to delete anything to create the bandwidth uh, in your life to sort of let that in. Because, you know, I, I, I live it and I see it where people are, we're maxed, you know, we're, mm. how can I fit one more thing in preschool pickup, preschool drop off, you know, we've mm. got, you know, haircut, uh, you know, clients, all the stuff. So did that take a lot of work or did that take a lot of energy or did you have to relieve anything and let anything go to, to create that space to implement your new plan? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You have to, because you only have so much capacity and you don't have only have so much bandwidth. And that's the thing is like, if you want something and you're clear about what you want, then clear the path to get there. And some things take a, a long time. Like if I wanted to be a like, you know, financially independent millionaire, whatever that, whatever that looks like, that that's a plan that I can't just put in place today and expect it to, you know, to see ROI on that. Yeah. <laughs> like in two weeks. So, and that's a progression. Well, how am I going to get there? What am I, what choices am I going to make? Who am I going to meet with? Maybe I need to, you know, invest the services of somebody, a professional to help me along this way. But, but in order to make space for that, then other things need to you need to let them go. And that's that process of balance, right? It's like, okay, well, if I really want this truly, um, then what am I going to do to make it happen? And I will say this, this is the power of manifestation is like, once you actually articulate what you want, like whether it's writing it down or telling somebody, um, you, when you put it out to the universe, the whole universe, I really believe this, conspires to like help you make you. it happen. So like, so I always use the example of, you know, 1111, like the, like that sequence of numbers, 1111. Okay. Everybody thinks that that's, you know, somehow like serendipitous, like 1111 always comes up. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't come up any more regular. Maybe, I don't know, some, some scientist physicists might tell me I'm wrong, but it we'll doesn't come podcast. up, right? Yeah, yeah. Any more frequently, I think, than like eleven twelve or eleven fourteen or eight oh nine. The difference right. is, is that you're looking for it. Mm -hmm. You you notice it when it comes up because for some reason along the way somebody said it was novel or you decided that it was novel. Or it's yeah. like when you're buying a car. We just got a Jeep. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. Jeep <laughs> people are like a whole other thing, right? Now, like, <laughs> you got a new truck. Oh, hey, Jeep person. I never, know, I never noticed them before, but now I have a Jeep and now I'm like, oh, okay. So that's the whole thing with manifestation, right? Is like 
when you create this dream, when you write it down, when you articulate it, all of a sudden you are, you start to see the pathways that open up in front of you that could have been there the entire time, but you weren't looking. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. A hundred percent. And yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, again, I would, following the vein of you being a, a thought leader in, in multiple spaces, uh, you know, life's always not pretty, but you, you, I assume have taken different forks in the road, uh, at certain times. And, uh, you know, the, the, the last, what was the last big one? And then how did you come up to your decision? Like your sister-in-law where it was like, I got to pull the trigger. I got to, mm-hmm you know, make the decision and it just is going to work out. This is a funny story. Okay. This just happened to me like big time last year. Okay. So I've been working at the foundation, the KGH foundation for five and a half years now. In 2019, um, I was diagnosed with stage one breast cancer, which was a real shocker. Uh, It's not in my family. I came out of sort of left field. I felt like I wasn't really old enough or unhealthy enough to have a diagnosis like that. It's my All my prejudice is coming in. But um, yeah, it sort of threw me for a loop. loop. So I took some time off working at the foundation to um, go through treatment. And uh, when I came back to the foundation, um, I just, I felt really overwhelmed. I felt like, you know, it's like you were ta- what you were talking about. I couldn't I didn't know I had to prioritize my health. I didn't want to be stressed. The job is stressful. I was working three days a week, which you think wouldn't be stressful, but it is worse because you're like actually cramming a full week into three days. So uh, we went on a trip a few months after I returned to work. About six months later, we went on a trip, a one month trip to Australia with our kids. Darcy and I did. And it was just amazing. This was in January of last year, 2020. Good timing. Yeah. Um, and I came home from that trip and I just like I, I remember being on the plane. Oh, and I remember like my my son was asleep beside me, and he's, you know, he's at this point, he's 15. And then I got I I don't have much time left with him. And I just I literally like total like ugly cried. Like, ah, I don't want to, you know, I need yeah. Anyway. So I came home and I just knew in my heart, I'm like, I can't keep going this way. I need to prioritize my health and my kids. And so I quit. Mm-hmm. I quit my job. I didn't, I didn't know this story. Yeah, <laughs> I know. No, not many people do. So I quit in February, 2020, but I gave a lot of notice because I love my job and I love the people I work with and I didn't want to leave them sort of screwed basically. Mm-hmm. So I gave notice for June of last year. What happened was, of course, everybody knows, is in March, everything changed. The whole thing changed. Everything. All the plans, all the budgets, all the strategies, all of the, everything that I had put in place for the year that was to be changed. I work in healthcare. Nothing was the same. Yeah. And um, honestly, Dustin, so that, that was in March. And for the next three months, I just had the most incredible, creative experience working. So being so nimble, just kind of moving with the pandemic and all that stuff that came up and having to be that might like at my absolute best in my profession. It's just like, I can't leave. Like, I love this too much. This yeah. is like, 
hard work. And I believe the universe sent it to me as a sign to say like, you're, you're living, we call it a Dharma, right? This is your purpose. You're living your purpose, but you need to, you need to sort of redefine the parameters. So I did. And it's um, the, I, the remote side of it. It's the, but, or, yeah, it's so the, 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 the ask what yeah. made it so much better. Well, I think, um, Part of it was opening up the possibility that I don't need to be working in an office five days a week for this to work, right? I'd always thought like, in order for this to work, I need to be five days a week, full-time in the office. Um, and uh, I realized over COVID that, that that's not true. That's just an assumption that I'm making. So what do I really want out of this? And um, ironically, because you think about, you know, if you want to make your life easier, you like pull back on your work commitments. I realized that it is a three days a week thing that was killing me. Um, so I committed to doing four. I know, it's so weird, <laughs> but it's been the best thing ever. Um, because now I just don't feel that pinch. I was feeling a lot of stress coming from my colleagues at the foundation because I was only there three days and they were like, have to squeeze everything in yeah. and then they were a little bit I, I don't know they probably weren't but I felt like they were resentful because I when I wasn't there things just sort of stopped so um yeah it was uh, basically making those changes and deconstructing you know the assumptions and the boundaries that I just was taking for granted and I think this is a really important thing for people to realize it's like deconstruct like this narrative, this thing that the you gristle. think it has to be about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, like just take it all off the table because sometimes like we just assume that things will never work um, without even trying. Right. So well, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's like, we have a whole other podcast on <laughs> people's pasts and, and the, the stuff that happens, uh, you know, that builds up that, like I, we call it like layers of an onion. It's just like, gristle builds up and it's hard to, well, this is the way we've always done it. And this is the way I've always thought. And that's my yeah. stance. And yeah. it's got to be right. And the more I think about it, the more right it is, even though it's, you know, you don't always have to believe your thoughts. And people are probably saying, holy oh, service, what are you, a therapist? <laughs> but, so wise. People don't have to believe their thoughts. That's like, that is what yoga teaches us. Like, don't believe your thoughts, actually. Yeah. They're like totally leading you. <laughs> They're <laughs> random. Well, I think the, the the more we get social media, the more we have access yeah. to information, the more, again, I, you know, I could fix my car if it broke down, probably just watching YouTube, it would take a hell of a lot longer than taking it, but you could probably figure it out. So you think, yeah. well, I can always figure this out myself. And so whatever I'm, I'm sort of thinking is it must be right. So I, uh, I, I would like to ask you one question that I ask everybody. So what is your ultimate picture of wealth? Oh, um, that's a, such a good question. Oh, you should have <laughs> let me prepare. Uh, I, that would have been too easy though, Sean. And I know <laughs> you're fully capable and can handle, <laughs> you know, and so if I ask this as a, as a backup question. So if you think of the five richest people that you know, in sort of your friend's sphere or your people, you know, five richest, are they the five wealthiest people, you know, and if not, why, you know, why are you yeah, know, you know where I'm going with that. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, what does wealth look like for me? Is that the question? What is wealth? What is your ultimate picture of wealth? Ultimate picture of wealth. Okay. Ultimate picture of wealth. Okay. So, um, 
I think it depends on how you define wealth, which is what you were just alluding to there. Um, if you define it sort of in the financial freedom sense, for me, wealth looks like um, being <laughs> same thing as in my life, being happy <laughs> and free. So having enough, having enough to be to feel like I can do the things that I want to do in my life, that I don't have to worry or stress about finances or or where money is going to come from. I Darcy and I also are very committed to um debt debt free living. So for me that would be like there is no debt. We still have a mortgage. Um but that's the goal is to try and and um whittle that away. Uh so looking towards freedom financially for me is just not having sort of like not having the debt and being able to do the things that I want to do. Um, you know, without having to be worry, but but the true picture of wealth is this broader understanding of what is it that makes you happy. And as you probably notice, and certainly I have too, is like the wealthiest wealthiest people in the world are often the most unhappy because the way that they've had to get the richest. there, yeah, yeah the, richest. Well, I, it, I, yeah. I see what you're saying, guys. So the def, the definition of wealth. So maybe yeah. I'll clean that question up for the next podcast. No, I think it's a no. You should. It's like good. It's good because like I always talk about like we can be rich, wealthy in experiences and love and like that to me is wealth. That is capital, right? Like I I treasure my relationships with my family um, and my friends so much like that to me is wealth if i had all of the money in the world millions and millions of dollars and buy all the shit i wanted i couldn't buy love like i couldn't buy those deep and meaningful relationships that really that's like the currency of love of life right really um so for me that big picture of wealth is like obviously you know the financial aspect being covered off but also to have that same level of freedom and joy in all aspects of my life health, relationship, uh, career, you know, on it goes. Right. And that's the process we've been talking about is really taking a look and where are things out of alignment with what I, uh, I'm moving towards and how do I shift and change? Do you have, uh, only cause you, you mentioned it, you've been married for a long time and you've alluded mm-hmm. to sort of taking, uh, intentional measures in your relationship. And, and again, we, we tell people, you know, if you want to, be twice as wealthy uh, as most people that get divorced, then put some investing into your relationship. So is there any recent examples of like you wanting something financial that's more for you and sort of, you know, Darcy pumping the brakes or vice versa, but then you actually came, you know, the other person saw the other side because a lot of people, the number one stressor for a lot of spell or couples is money. And yeah. it's usually a spending decision. It's usually a spend or an investment. Um, you know, I want to buy a rental house, or I want to buy stocks, or I want to buy this marijuana stock, or this Bitcoin, or whatever. Yeah. And the other person is definitely not on the same page. So, is there any examples you want to share of like where you and Darcy <laughs> had a disagreement but bought, battled through, and w- what you think led to the successful outcome? 
You know, like, like there's a story here. That yeah, they... like every day, every day, <laughs> like pretty much every day. So like Darcy would choose to not buy stuff like every single time. Like, like literally it would just like nothing would ever happen. He gets like really bogged down in decision-making. He wants to make sure he's being very like careful, you right. know, he's risk averse when it comes to that thing. Um, and I'm more like, I'm actually on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm more just like, well, you can't take it with you when you go. So we might as well just like have fun and get the stuff now, you know? Um, so literally Darcy and I are constantly in a negotiation process around this. And so like, I, I, I can't even give you like one singular example because it's like everything we've ever bought. Yeah. So including then- like jeans, like I'll go to the, we'll go shopping to the mall, you know? And like, it's like, okay, let's get some clothes. You know, let's go to the store. We'll go in and get some clothes. And I'm just like, okay, Dars, like, I'm sorry, but you, you know, you need, you need some new things. Right. So we go in the store and I'm just like throwing things at him in the, in the change room and, oh yeah, that looks good. Put that in a good pile. Da, 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 da. And then he comes out and he's like, okay, so which ones should I take? I'm like, well, all of them. <laughs> and he's like, no, well, ha, ha, but you haven't even looked at the price. I said, I know. Because yeah. they all look good. So just get them. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, and that comes with, right? So there's an assumption embedded in that, that we can pay for it, right? Right. So yeah. obviously some people, you need to work within the confines of a budget. Um, but if you know my husband, it's a rare occasion that I can actually get him into a mall to shop for clothes. So when we're there, it's it's on. Yeah. But yeah, like we, we <laughs> oh, it blows story. his mind that I can like go into a Ritzia and like buy something and not look at the price tag. It's like, how can you do that? Yeah. Well, well I know but it, and I maybe it's you know again he runs a successful you know real estate <laughs> practice and that he's got there a certain way and yes. uh, you know so the the thing we always talk about is you know be responsible and then live more of your life you know so live more of your life now yeah be responsible for your future and I say that in almost every podcast because. You guys are taking steps. That mantra to pay down debt, and you're both in cahoots with that goal. Yeah. That's that's light years ahead of most people because at least you agree on something. And yes, low interest rates and all that stuff right now, but debt's debt. And mm-hmm. if you're constantly paying that down, you're being responsible. So, so then it gives you that permission to then spend. And again, obviously, if you're just you know Vegas every week and blowing it, that might be uh, not acceptable. But at the same time, it comes back to balance, and we've we've uh, beat up the balance with our boxing gloves. And I'm <laughs> I'm excited. well, and I also think too, like Darcy and I are really balancing for each other, right? Because like I bias towards being a little bit more in the moment with spending, and he biases towards like literally, you know putting money in sock drawers, like just super. And so we have to negotiate and meet in the middle. And I think it actually, I think it actually works for us. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Shauna, for uh, being on the podcast today. There was, uh, we covered a number of different things Uh, where, where can people find you uh, on the internet? Oh gosh. Well, um, my yoga retreat website is okanoganyogaretreats.ca. Um, I also can be found. I mean, if they want to find me on the internet, I, I am listed on the KGH Foundation website, or I should be. Yeah. I manage are. that asset. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty easily found and, uh, I, I really appreciate the opportunity, Dustin, to just sit and chat with you. I love what you're up to. I think it's just so important that, you know, we consider some of these bigger questions around happiness and freedom in the context of the, you know, the full breadth of our life, as opposed to just, you know, one, one area. Um, it's really important and, and, um, having these conversations with such a variety of different people with different backgrounds, uh, I think is so helpful. Let's, let's finish with, uh, so pretend that we're a yoga class mm-hmm. and you've come in today and sort of, I'll, I'll give you kind of maybe a couple minutes and we'll cut it out if you need a couple seconds to think about it. We're, we're your yoga class today and you need to come up with a two sentence or to sort of, you know, set, so what day are we at? We're at uh, Thursday. So set us right. up for a, a great weekend coming up and I'll let you uh, let you take it away. Okay, well, I will I will close with the way that I always close every yoga class. And that is to um, call in gratitude. So in this moment, let us be grateful for our strong and healthy bodies. Let us be grateful for all the people and the experiences in our life that bring us joy. And in this case, I'll say, create wealth. Um, Let us be grateful for the opportunities that we have to share our stories and to learn from one another and be inspired by one another. And um, let us be grateful for the sunshine and the birds and this beautiful place that we live in. Namaste. Very good, Sean. Very good. Thank you. And uh, I look forward to uh, doing this again. I think we could go in a lot of different places. So thanks Mm -hmm. again. Thanks, Dustin. If you found this episode valuable, share it with a friend. If you found this episode super valuable, leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us continue to bring you top quality content. For more information on anything discussed on this show, visit www.servicewealth.com. That's service spelled S-E-R-V-I-S-S. Any investment topics covered on the show are not investment recommendations, and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. This show was produced by Podigy Podcasts. Thanks for listening.